you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Flags are down. It was Kiko Alonso who delivered the blow. Flacco's on his feet. And Harbo's yelling at Alonso right now. He's in Alonso's face. You just lost your quarterback for the game, and Harbaugh is livid. And they are going to roll out play action in zone, and it's caught for the touchdown. It's Watson with the reception, Mallet with the touchdown pass. The chain gang fell asleep. <laughs> I wonder why. 40 to nothing, the Baltimore Ravens take out the Miami Dolphins on a strange night in Baltimore. Thursday night football and a strange setup here. Usually hear Dan Hansis starting out the shows this year, but it's Greg Rosenthal alongside Mark Sessler, and we're going to get to the rest of the week eight games shortly. But first, Mark, we got to talk about a wild night that could have only ended in one way with a cat running along the field. A cute little cat. Uh, even as action unfolded, this little cat running, darting up and down the field in a very symbolic, strange way to end a game that I think if we could do any service to the listeners of this show, if you didn't watch this game, okay, listen to our review and never watch it potentially. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. I was really you know taken by how Mark's just eyes lit up. He was so excited to see this cat on the field. But yeah, this game had a little bit of everything, kind of not in a good way. We'll talk about the hit that took F- Joe Flacco out of the game. He suffered a concussion and was ruled out in the second half, though. I mean, there was a Indomitian Sioux brief choke of Ryan Mallett, which felt like it's something that was just inevitable would happen. There was a fumble Ruski touchdown. There was someone getting poked in the eye. And then there was another Dolphins shutout. This is the third time this season that they should have been shut out. Twice they actually were. Once they scored a garbage touchdown on the last play from scrimmage against the Jets. It 
it's crazy how bad this offense is, and they're they're four and three. Yeah, I tweeted out at one point that after the first half, which was an abomination, if you're a Dolphins fan, that it was the sloppiest first half I had seen. And I, and all I got from Dolphins <laughs> fans was, please watch the rest of our games. And I have watched the Dolphins <laughs> yeah. games, but maybe this just stood out as the, the, I thought Baltimore's defense, which we've seen flashes, especially with Brandon Williams back, a Jay Ajayi, a 21 yard run out of the gate. His next nine runs go for a total of three yards. They just mm. completely shut down Miami's run game. And then you have Matt Moore getting whacked back there. They had no way to operate. I mean, Ajayi ended up with 23 yards in 13 carries. So he basically got it all on that first run. And everyone who, you know, spent a week saying, oh, this offense is going to be better with Matt Moore. You know, so much so much for that. Forget about that. And as bad as Jake Cutler has been this year, and Moore certainly looked shaky tonight, I think you have to... When you see Jay Ajayi, who I think is a talented runner, and these quarterbacks struggling this much, I think you have to look at it. There's deeper problems than just the quarterbacks. It's the it's the offensive line, number one, and I guess it's the, the scheme and the coaching and the teaching and all of that. It's funny because Tony Romo came out of the gate praising uh, Gase, and Adam Gase, we all know, is a talented coach, and he's, and he's got the track record, but his ability to scheme in-game against the opponent and what he's seen, but he doesn't have the tools. You've got, you've got a second-string quarterback, honestly, really, someone who could be a third-stringer behind Jay Cutler and Ryan Tannehill, and I just think the offensive line is not run-blocking, and he was a sitting duck back there. He was. We should talk about the Ravens, who are now 4-4, four and four, and who knows? This is a tough team to get a handle on defensively, because they've given up so many yards in the running game, but but now they have Brandon Williams back. They seem to be putting it together. But the big news out of this game is Flacco takes a hit from Kiko Alonso that I, I saw a lot of people defending it in that he slid late. I don't know. I think Kiko Alonso is going to face a potential suspension for this hit, for hitting him hard in the head area, that even if you hit a guy after he slides to – to be able to control it, and he really took him out with the head, and it was just it was just such bad a bad thing for NFL fans to see. Yeah, and it was a bad look because the helmet comes ripped off. And then we find out yeah. that you know his ear, he's bleeding from the ear, Joe Flacco. He's having it stitched in the locker room, and that created a wave of other violence where center Ryan Jensen right. came in and knocked Kiko Alonso's helmet off. Then Adama Sue, who's pretty, he's been a, a well behaved gentlemen for quite a while he popped off tonight but the whole the whole game had a feeling of desperation for Miami and it got very violent towards the end yeah and and the Ravens should be given credit for they had 196 yards of offense in the first half that was almost all with Flacco uh so they were dominating this game they came out that was one of the probably the best offensive game against a a Dolphins defense who's had some nice moments this year so that's something to feel good about but now Flacco's got a concussion they've got a game against the Titans and then they have a bye so just doing the math you wonder if he's going to sit out that week and they just hope they can try to steal a win with Ryan Mallett meanwhile we get the Alex Collins national TV uh coming out party a little bit I mean he's been great this year 113 yards yeah, and Crazy. every week we read, you know, this cavalcade of Seahawks running backs that, you know, <laughs> right. this guy's this guy's trying too hard. It's not showing up on the field. This guy's injured. This guy's healthy. We can't find a lead back. And Alex Collins has looked like a lead back. In the in the Seahawks' defense, last preseason, and Chris Wesley was all over this. Alex Collins, and even this year too, he did not look like a guy that you would have ever expected. So you just never know. And he's had a really good habit of making the first guy miss. And so the Ravens are a team that tend to get better over the second half of the year. We know that they own these Adam Gase uh, 
Dolphins. They also smacked them last year, 34 to six. That's 74 to six over two years. That's ugly. <laughs> the good thing is, for those of you that sat and enjoyed this game, you get the Dolphins next week against Oakland on Sunday night football, and then the NFL has done you a triple treat by putting them on Monday night football against the Oof. Panthers the week after. Why do they triple stack these teams? Because you don't know what their fate's going to be, and teams change over the course of a year. If you lose a player at one point, and then you have three straight national games, you're out of luck. You probably are getting Joe, Jay Cutler back for that game, but... Uh, I don't know if that makes it. Does that help? I don't know if that makes it. <laughs> Let's ask Chris Wesley if he thinks that. Yeah, any more enticing. We've spent way too much time on this uh, stinker. Let's go to the rest of the week. Eight preview. Send it over to Dan. Cats. The Around the NFL podcast is making the world a better place. One show at a time. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Zessler to my left and Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? We've gotten a very strange Dan Hansis um, all afternoon today, and I think I know why. Why? Dan is embroiled in yet another uh, corporate-level battle with a major enemy uh, <laughs> downstairs in our break room. And there's been a signage. It's been rotating, but it is on the soda machine. And Dan is very upset about the fact that the soda machine has been either broken or not functioning at proper levels for upwards of a month now. You're, you're saying this, this has affected Dan so much that it's impacting the rest of his life and, frankly, his profession. I think what's impacting him is, is, is no one seems to be doing anything about this. Mark's uh, barking up the right tree. Um, I like a good fight. You know, I like I like being the underdog. And what's a bigger underdog scenario than there being a soda machine in the break room that for six weeks now, no fool in here, six weeks has been stealing money of the underlings of this company, which I include myself in. And no one's doing anything about it. And then you wonder how far this goes. And Mark, I know you're a conspiracy guy. I'm wondering if this goes all the way to the top. I think it might because I think one thing that's happening and, and, and for the for people who are pro soda, they are losing out because we have a Starbucks machine in our break room too. And we'll move on to the games very shortly. But <laughs> were the Starbucks machine to break down, our office would melt. There would be immediate people in there to fix it right away. Soda, so the soda lovers, and there may, I think the population may be smaller, they are being ignored. So big coffee, you think, is Big coffee. Out. Big soda you know, in a big spot. Yeah. I just want it to be known that Money is going to that machine. No goods are being dispensed. And Big Soda is still taking home the profits. So you tell me if that's something I should not be on my radar. I think it should be. I think you're, you're a justice fighter. <sighs> All right. Thank you, Mark. This, again, this is the Around the NFL podcast presented uh, by Head and Shoulders. You heard at the very top of the show a little Sess and Rosie action. Get excited, everybody. They talked about... There's a new dream team you haven't seen before. The Dolphins-Ravens uh, Thursday. Discussing the one Thursday night game that I was planning wholeheartedly to miss entirely and watch maybe five days from now. Uh, the Thursday night tilt, yes, between the Dolphins and Ravens. Uh, but there's so much more to talk about uh, here in Week 8. Well, not so much, because I'll tell you something. I want everybody to be completely aware of what's going on here. 32 teams. Six teams on bye. Two teams played Thursday. 24 teams remaining. Divide that by two. 12 games to talk about. Nailed it. 
Booyah! And one, wow! And one of those games that I guess we'll get to very quickly is is in that early London spot. So it really thins out the whole the Sunday afternoon morning schedule. Yummy! A little lighter. All right, so we'll get to all these games. We'll uh, get to our locks and uh, see where we are with that. Uh, let's start. Yes, in London. Oh, sweet London. Oh, London, you're my town. That's not a real song. Oh, London, oh, London. <laughs> oh, London, you're my town. Greg, Greg veered into a, a common show tune right there, but uh, <laughs> different words. Greg, a secret show tune head. It's not true. <laughs> Look how insecure Greg is that he had to correct that. It's not a that. secret is all he's trying to yeah. say. It's very out there. If you if you go to well, Greg's house, it is a show tune uh, emporium. Every once in a while, you know, you're out in the real world and... Maybe like I, Humble I, brag. I see, you know, someone that <laughs> listens to this show, like my cousin Justin, or whatever, and they'll bring up something that from the show, right. one of the many just fictions that you make up as part of like you know your little world that you have on this show, and I'd be like, well, no, that's Did actually you just mimic a puppeteer. You know, not a, yeah, puppeteer. <laughs> yeah, none of that's actually true. Dan just you know makes up things. This one not a fiction though. So, but yes, the London game. Greg, a huge Cats fan <laughs> at the Winter Garden Theater. Um, all right, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings who are riding high. They've won uh, three straight, four of five. And during this stretch, my goodness, during this stretch, Aaron Rodgers exited the picture. So things are going well uh, for the Vikings. And now they travel to London. Oh, sweet London. London, you're my town. Uh, to face, face the worst team in football, the Cleveland Browns. And uh, Mark, uh, get us going here with the Vikings. They are in a very good position here to play their overseas football. I mean, it would be stunning if they don't do more than simply handle this game but throttle Cleveland because it's an, it's an awful matchup for the Browns. This may be the best defense in football right now, and I don't know if it's even necessarily close. And you're going Whoa. up against a Cleveland offense that is beyond dysfunctional, endless quarterback switches. You don't have a lot at wide receiver. You really have nothing on that attack outside of Duke Johnson, who's quietly having a very nice season. And Minnesota... On offense, on defense, you know, since Dalvin Cook's been out, Minnesota's been able to run the ball just as well. I mean, it, with the combination of Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray. So what is it at Cleveland, even though they played a nice game defensively last week, what what do you look at and say, here's their chance against Minnesota? I don't see it. Nothing. And you're without maybe the best player on the team, Miles Garrett, who's in the concussion protocol. You get Deshaun Kaiser back, which I'm surprised about, that he's back in the starting lineup that team for now but i do think there's an interesting subtext to this show i feel like it hasn't been talked a lot about nationally this week is case keenum playing for his job before the bye and maybe that's not like the most intriguing storyline ever he lost his job uh soon after playing in london last year but i think teddy bridgewater is getting back to the point where he's going to be ready to play he's fully cleared medically they're going to have a bye week that kind of makes sense as the time for teddy to start and keenum's been fine the last few weeks he gets stefan Diggs back but if he doesn't play his best or maybe even if he does play his best i i could see them yanking him during the bye it puts them into an interesting position because you went out and traded for Sam Bradford last year. You now have three, if Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, functional quarterbacks, and it's a lot to deal with coaching-wise. I, their trade deadline's coming up. I wonder if you ever Ooh. would move one of these two, I would say, or one of these three, I would say no. Well, it, it'd be tough because Bradford would be the guy to move, right. but he's injured. He's so injured. and Stay deep a, at the position. It's a strange spot for him. He's making a lot of money and is so unclear. I think I mean, it'd be tough. I feel like a little bit too much is being made of the Vikings um, having a – 
an embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position. Well, that too. They have I like know. three decent quarterbacks and well, maybe not a good one. Well, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, and it's asking a lot for him to be great coming back, but he's still got the potential inside of him. Sure. I, I'm kind of not. I'm kind of expecting Teddy Bridgewater to be starting, and and it, I feel like it's about fifty-fifty that it's in two weeks when they're when they're after the bye. Yeah. One more note about the Vikings' offense that may surprise you: uh, Dalvin Cook's injury. I think a lot of people wrote the uh, wrote the Vikings off after that injury, uh, but they're um, they've averaged one hundred and forty-six point seven yards per game since Cook's gotten in, injured. It was one hundred and five, one hundred and eight yards a game before that. So good to cycle back to that point. They've. Did that come up already? It, it did, but you hammered it home with some. With did it really? Hard, did you say that? Did cold you hard those stats? Yes, but it, 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 we got to it. But you get you you added some depth Thess, to it. Fessler so. did mention it. That's. It's but thank he, you. Did he hit it with the same level of gravitas? It was, it, not in it, your it, mind. He yeah. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Diggs is back for this game, by the way, which is huge for that offense. Uh, moving on, the Oakland Raiders, um, coming off what was um, a vital necessary win. They needed to find a way to beat the Chiefs at home on Thursday night, and they did in, in the most uh, spectacular way possible on the, the crazy ending, 31-30. Now they got to get some momentum going, so they head to Buffalo. Not an easy matchup here against the Bills' Greg Rosenthal, who continue uh, to impress. Their defense has been good this season. Last week was really nice the way they found a way to win that game, which maybe uh, they haven't been able to do that in past years, which partly explains their long postseason drought. Uh, the Bills have a chance to make another big statement this week. You know, I haven't sent – sometimes I'll send in a request to our uh, Sunday commandant, David Ely, who helps, you know, divvy out the games. Commandant. Sign me up for a little Raiders-Bills. Well, Greg, too bad. I've oh, already been assigned no. to this game. But I'll tell you what. I will trade it. I'll <laughs> give it to you because I could care less. Which trade deadline coming in up. A, in a big spot. I'll give it to you. This is intriguing to me. Tyrod Taylor, uh, big week for him. Career high, I think, number eight on the QB index. What a season this guy's having. It was all offense. It was all offense last week. I mean, they're asking him to make four or five crazy big plays a week where it's really all him, and he does it. And I'm intrigued to see if he can keep that going or whether the Raiders team that we saw last week at the end of the game, really throughout offensively, is going to stick. Because I feel like the not every week's a must win for the Raiders, but if they lose this game and they're back to three and five, it's like, what was that comeback even for against Kansas? It's That's ca- the, the crazy thing about this game is which Raiders team do we get? It's kind of imperative that they follow up that great win with another win because, yeah, it feels like they're right back where they're starting. If they drop to three and five, they're kind of right back where they started, and you don't even, can't even get that excited anymore about last week's when they got to win the game. But that's why, you know, I like this Bills team. I think they, I think they are really a team to watch when I when you try to figure out those two wild card positions. Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised if both of these teams end up getting the spot, but at the same time, you know, if the Raiders can't find a way, they're going to re- really be in an uphill climb in the second half of the season. That's why this matchup is so important. I mean, Saucy. Buffalo is they're undefeated at home. We've been saying it all year. They're a tough at at home. Even when they were an average team, it's a tough place to go play. They are dominating the turnover scenario, and that's why I think they've been so successful. I mean, they're a weird team. Their entire collection of wideouts has 34 catches all year. Well, that's the thing. I mean, th- this Raiders secondary is so vulnerable. 
David Amerson getting you know, filleted last week. I mean, this, this Raiders defense is a disappointment. I think it's going to prevent them from making the playoffs. But you look at Buffalo and you think, how can they really keep moving the ball like this? It's been a great coaching job by Rick Dennison, their coordinator, and Tyrod together, kind of making making something out of nothing. But the Raiders are so much more talented. I will tell you one thing. I've just been uh, I in with, with my supervisor, David Ely. Yes, your and commandant? I, my commandant. I told him, Greg wants Oakland Buffalo. I said, I can take wow. a different one. Going to announce it on pod that he gets it. And he, David Ely says, definitely make it into a thing. That was David Ely's uh, suggestion. Ooh. Definitely make it I, into that's a how, thing? That's how David Ely communicates with me. Well, there's two things there. He likes you know, people to be fighting with each other. That's problematic. Yeah. And then, two, he wants his name mentioned a lot. You know? yeah. Well, so you ha- you're He's covering this up. game now. All right. I will be, I'll do nothing. I'll By the way, Ely's still single right now. Are we sure? He's in the dating. We might have to check in with Dave just to see where he's at. But uh, obviously, famously, his girlfriend, his college girlfriend, broke his heart, and he has not been able to open up since. Uh, well, maybe we'll check in with Dave in a little bit. Famously, like that's that's the first thing anyone says about him. When yeah, he's talking got to dumped, <laughs> got brutally dumped in a big spot, and it took a piece of him. Let's move on. The Indianapolis Colts are two and five. Uh, you know. Arguably, they got two wins, but some people might say they're the worst team in football. That's how bad things are going. Andrew Luck shut down, perhaps not going to show up on the field now this year. They got shut out last week. Doesn't get any worse. Now they go on the road to face uh, a Cincinnati team uh, that was not not able to hang with the big boys, Mark, in Pittsburgh, a 29-14 loss in Week 7. And they are, like the Raiders, in a very difficult spot if they don't win this week. And you really figure... That could set the stage for a bloodbath. Yeah, it's the it's a total pivotal week. They have two wins. One of them is against the Browns. And, you know, you, I think they're going to take this one, but I am just not totally impressed with the team that I watched against Pittsburgh. I, I, after this, they go on the road against the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Broncos. And I feel like when they come out of that stretch, this mirage that Cincinnati is going to morph into a playoff team will be removed from our minds. I think you're subtweeting Hansis right here. No, no, I think a lot of people... <laughs> no, a lot of been driving the old Bengals comeback. The Bengals, I think, were a team you looked at before the season and said it is logical they could bounce back. But I think at this point, what I'm seeing at least, I just don't see a playoff I, game at I all. I thought they looked really good for most of the first half of that game. And then I think the... Pittsburgh kind of distanced themselves and showed that they are a better team, especially at home. So I don't know if I learned that much about Cincinnati um, in that game, but um, I think that, yeah, I we don't lock up games that are um, one-sided like this, but I, I would be absolutely stunned you if... You could lock this up. I won't do it. I told you, well, locks are about gonna, integrity. No, no, I'm just kidding. Locks are about integrity. <laughs> you got to look yourself in the mirror. I won't do it. I think the Bengals are going to win this game. And then watch out the next week. I really want to see at Jacksonville, referendum for both teams. Uh, but yeah. I don't want to get ahead of myself right now. Um, Cincinnati needs to show well, up Marvin in that game. Marvin Lewis is an idiot. Mm. That could be a problem. It's been a rough six quarters for Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. The... the hey, we're kind of punching above our weight storyline ended after halftime on that Monday night football game against Tennessee. And it's been Mm. a absolute disaster of six quarters since then. And I think this is a good Bengals defense. Uh, ranked in the top five on Football Outsiders going into last week. I'm sure it, it bound, bound, you know, went backwards a little bit. they got to get Joe Mixon going, though. Everyone's like, well, why don't they just hand the ball off? Why don't they give the ball to Joe Mixon? It's That's like, what Joe Mixon's saying, too. Yeah, I know yeah. Joe Mixon's saying that. But you got to 
you got to produce a little more. Just the whole running game. I don't think it's the fault of the running backs, but they don't have a running game. Whether it's Bernard Hill or Mixigan, they don't really have. You had a couple runs against Pittsburgh early on because yep. you're, you're right, Dan. They fell apart in the second half. They did. They didn't even show up. But Mixon had a couple runs where you saw what everyone's been talking about. Why do you, why handcuff him this way? Just let him. Why not let him free? See it's what been happens. a disastrous week, by the way, for the Colts. I mean, they lose Malik Hooker for the season. There's mm. a lot of drama. Uh, on that roster, and I don't know. I just it, there's tanking articles coming out. Well, their defense is on pace to give up more points than any Colts team. They are now ever. the worst defense in the league. So put up a forty burger, Bengals. Moving on, the Los Angeles Chargers out of nowhere followed a four-game losing streak to start the season with three straight wins. Shut out the uh, Broncos last week at home. Now. A big, big challenge. The New England Patriots welcome them uh, to uh, Foxborough. And I'll tell you what, Greg, feels like another good spot for the Pats because the Pats have figured it out on defense, and now everything is clear uh, sailing to 13-3. and three. you got to face it. I am not buying this narrative. Okay, oh, yeah, now they've just figured it out. The defense is going to be Well, great. that's what happens every year. That's why I'm saying it. it <laughs> Well, first of all, they don't have so little pass rushing. Literally every year. Danta Hightower is out for the season. This is news that broke on Thursday. They have so few guys who are difference makers in that front seven or have the potential to be, because I don't think we ever saw the real Danta Hightower this year, that his loss is massive because they're so thin at that spot. David Harris, I think, is going to be more in the mix now. Like Thanks. You play Van Noy. Could he have been less in the mix? <laughs> That's a fair point. That was a nice I, Chandler Bing friends ref there. I, I don't know. Could he be less in the mix? <laughs> I mean, even, even the Falcons game where they're playing smart, they're still giving up yards, giving up yards per play. This is not necessarily an easy matchup for them. Oh, stop. Maybe I should take this game. Forgot this one was at was at one. What if we switch back? We'll have to figure that no, out. No, I'm not getting back into it with Ely, who did confirm he's still single, by the way. But I, I just think you've watched Tom Brady week after Didn't week. even need to do that. Definitely no, I just, knew that. It's, it was out there as a Confirmed by society. He, I think if you're Tom Brady, I mean, he's taken a lot of hits this season, even though I think their offense obviously has been stellar. And I just think the Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, maybe Tom Brady gets knocked around a little bit in this. I kind of have a strange feeling about this game. My AFC Super Bowl team starting to get their, get their <laughs> sea legs under them again. What? And I understand this doesn't happen a lot in Foxborough. But I'm going to tell you right now, something's going to happen. The what? Chargers are going to go into Foxborough. Oh, no. They're going to play the Patriots. Oh, no. And I'm going to lock it up. Oh, no. You know, sometimes when we're set, you know, Bold. playing along and setting that up and we're going, oh, no, oh, no. Literally this time I mean, oh, no. I don't no, think Mark, it's that don't crazy. Do it. I don't think it's that Phillip crazy. Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady, which is crazy, including one in, one wonderful playoff game from, I think it was 2009 or so. But I think it's going to happen. All right, how about this? And I, I'll only let one person take me up on the sandwich, and I'm going to give uh, Mark right a first refusal since mm-hmm. it's your lock. The Patriots will be up by double-digit points midway through the first quarter on Sunday. Oh. you got to take me I'll, on I it. I will take you. locked it up. I'll take you up. You don't have to. I will. That seems crazy. I would take you up on that too. I mean, but you can't. I know. I Go can't. to the desert to find. I mean, he's action. thinking about he's thinking about Ingram versus Nate Solder, who's been a disaster. The rest of the offensive line has played better, but someone's going to be over on Solder's side, whether it's Ingram or, or Bosa. You've got a, a defense playing better. You've got an offense a little getting in rhythm, but I do think the Patriots will win because 
if you watch the last week's game and a little bit against the Jets, it started to look more like the Patriots' offense. They were effective early, scoring a lot of points, going deep down the field, asking Tom Brady to make a lot of crazy throws. Not the last couple weeks. You're seeing more of the rhythm, the timing, the quick passes. You see Brandon Cooks really coming into his own. You see the whole Patriots vibe, Beautiful. all the different running backs coming in out. Beautiful. Who's in at running back? I don't know. They're all working Can't out, tell. though. Can't hey, figure it out. Greg is not even wearing clothes above the waist <laughs> at this point. Like. Deion Lewis is uh, is the guy that is really going to take their offense now to like that scary level. I know they've already been great this season, but he's looking better and better every week. He's going to start scoring touchdowns like it's 2015 again. That's my Whoa. prediction. I think he is a nasty player and uh, is only getting better. Not not a good sign for the rest of the A's. So. Coaching advantage goes to the Patriots in this game. <laughs> How about that one? Okay. Lock that up. All right, moving on. Old. Uh, the Chicago Bears. How about them Bears? John Fox says, I want to keep coaching in the NFL. I don't want to get fired. So I got to figure out a way to win like six to eight games. And guess what? Now he's three and four after a two-game winning streak. And uh, I wouldn't have said this four weeks ago, but that bad news is he's got to play the Saints now. The Bears travel to NOLA. And oh, my God, Mark, Greg is Greg's licking his chops right now. He can't wait to talk about the Saints, but you're going to get us going here. I'll get us going. Why have the Saints turned into a juggernaut in the past four weeks? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, they are right now watching them are running one of the most creative offenses league wide, the way that they're using Alvin Kamara. Guy like Ted Ginn that in other offenses have been strictly a deep threat is used in multiple places all over the field. And let's talk about their defense. You know, if you're Mitchell Trubisky, who has 12 completions in two weeks, that was a nice, cute win last week with two defensive touchdowns and nothing happening on offense. But you have to do more than run the ball. The dork. And I just don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how they they match up. They don't match up well with the Saints for me. And by the way, playing in New Orleans is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Saints are a ball control offense. You know, they tried to go deep a few times early. I don't know if Drew, Drew Brees is. People have been waiting for the end of Drew Brees' deep ball for a while. He looks I, ageless to me. Maybe, maybe it's coming a little this year, but he doesn't need to. They're, they're a short passing attack. You're right uh, with Alvin Kamara. Like, to me, he is kind of the key to their offense. Once they got Teron Armstead back, their left tackle. I don't know. He might be the most valuable skill position guy on the team other than, than Drew Brees. This rookie class, Dan Hand. Oh, do it. Do has it. changed Say it. the franchise. Marcus Marshawn Lattimore is a franchise-changing cornerback. Just did we making, talk about this on Tuesday? We did. It was a, for the Pick'em Show. You know, I what, what's the track. crossover with the, the audience? So what you're it. saying is There's maybe, none. like Mickey Loomis, who's just produced a Whoa. fantastic draft class, every NFL GM should double up and take care of the city's basketball team at the same time. <laughs> or everyone should take care of the Pelicans together. <laughs> or he hasn't been making the decisions in years, and uh, Sean Payton is. But okay. they don't tell us that for some reason. I don't really know. Ryan Ramchek, first-round pick, has been don't huge, point at me. huge for them at <laughs> right tackle. Marcus Williams getting good snaps at safety, a starter there. And then Kamara, too. It's just like— Why don't you do it? It's a youth infusion. What, lock this up? No, no, no. Am I allowed? Yeah, that is I a, thought this no, 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 that no. is a non-edgy lock. No. Um, no, like usually I don't condone sports bigamy, but if you break up with the Pats and just join the Saints full time as a fan, no, I I'll be never. cool with it. No, I would never do that. Okay. <laughs> I like this Saints team, though. They're pretty pretty lazy, pretty lame the last few years, but this is fun. They don't turn the ball over either. Breeze had two early 
interceptions against Green Bay, but they have not. They simply have not turned the ball over. And, and by the way, if they if they take care of business this week, which I think all of us in this room think they will, they get another home game next week against a Tampa team that can't seem to get it together. You could be talking about the Rams on a six game winning streak if they just continue to play at or near this level. Mark Ingram, Wes's old old guy, guy, he is such a good player. I think he could have had a better career if he was somewhere else other than New Orleans, but he's so valuable. He also seems like a, a leader behind the scenes, and you're playing Trubisky. Last last thing on this game, I know we should move on. People got on them for only throwing seven passes. He took four sacks. I think he's taken seven or eight sacks and 32 dropbacks. Those sacks have mostly been on Trubisky. He's been holding on to the ball, and you're not picking up any first downs. It's hard to throw the ball when you're never getting any first downs and you're taking sacks. And you have no one to throw to. Um, but he can turn it around. I'm just saying some of that's on him. And to answer your question, there is no crossover between our listenership and our viewership. Oh, that's sad. You should watch Pick'em. We're at some I got you. Hang we're on. At new times. I got a card here. And you should. If you like our show, you can watch us on television. Or just DVR it and, and Mark watch looks it amazing right now physically. So NFL Pick'em, Saturdays, 8 a.m., 3 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern. Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, and um, we are part of that show with uh, Damashek and Move the Sticks, excuse me, Shepherding Logs and the um, Game Money and Theory podcast. Cynthia and Money. Money, who went out of his way, by the way, on a Damashek show to him and Sheck both. I respect these guys. They went through their, they cycled through their imitations of each of us. I'll just say, I would invite you to go find that and listen to it and find if you, uh, if you thought it was fair. I, it, my, the upshot for me, I felt slightly insulted. I have been sending... Uh, money, <laughs> who hates the band live. Dan and I, you know, we like the band live to some degree. Uh, Sending him youth, yes. endless music videos, uh, pestering his timeline with this. Uh, yes, that has been a good way to get revenge against money. He called my voice nondescript, if, I, if I'm if i not Whoa. mistaken. I, I thought he was a little bit, it was a little savage toward you, personally. Greg, nothing you had heard before. Shaq did like the the pizzeria delivery guy for me. <laughs> uh, but I thought money yeah. came pretty hard at I, you. Mark. I am going to give him a pass because in 99 interactions previous with money, he's been a I, gentleman and a scholar. Yeah. And I, I genuinely like the man. So. I love money, but I thought the best revenge I could get would be to never listen to it. So that's, <laughs> that's the approach I'm going. All right. Enough of that malarkey. Who cares? Honestly, that's the two words that I have. Who cares? Uh, money. Is that a good impression? (laughs) (laughs) I have money. I have 14 jobs. Chargers win. It's a good voice. It's a good voice. The Falcons are three and three. They're the team that everybody thought was going to be just cruising to another uh, NFC South title. Uh, But what happened? They stopped scoring points and they didn't get stops. And then you lose three games in a row, including that no show at Foxborough. Um, on Sunday night, so they're now three and three. Now they go to the, play the Jets at the Meadowlands, and uh, Greg, the uh, the Jets have been feisty, uh, but there's a very bad DNA trait that they have that is makes them a very frustrating watch as a fan, as I can attest. They hang with teams, they get ahead of teams, but they don't have a killer instinct. And when you're not that good, you tend to get picked off late in games. That's true. This is the game where I think the two teams could be angling to be down double digits heading into the fourth <laughs> quarter. You know, like, neither what these are the these are the two teams that you just don't trust at all with a lead late in the game. Yeah, that's fair. The Jets blew two 14-point leads the last two weeks, and now people forget 
they took care. Gosh, of- their season could be so different. So different, but also mm. a, a three and four still feels pretty nice too, considering what they could have been. Jacksonville, they had a ten point lead in the fourth quarter, almost blew that game too. So it's a major problem, and it really is on Todd Bowles. And I thought, I think that Bowles has done a really nice job this season, and they're one of the more pleasant surprises in the league. Uh, but at the same time, it is kind of on your coach to find a way to. Uh, ensure this stuff doesn't happen. I think some of their play calling has been unimaginative in these second halves. That's led to these troubles and letting teams back in the game. Um, on the flip side, Mark, I mean, at what point do you worry that the the Falcons are broken on offense? Would you feel like they have a major crisis right now at oh, that if, side of the ball? If they don't take care of business, and I don't think this is an, an easy game for them this it, it, going on the road to, to play the Jets, who uh, no matter what, they have weaknesses, but they've been frisky in every single one of these games. If they drop this, the Falcons, they go three to three and four. Then you have to go play the Panthers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Vikings before the Saints. Their schedule does not let up, and you cannot get behind at this point. I'm not sure I like them in this game. I almost locked the Jets, which is potentially wow. it's good news for Atlanta. I honestly trust the Jets to hang with this team until the end of the game, and then one of these games, the Jets are going to win in the final five minutes. I, I think the Falcons are... They got to turn it around. I think they will. They're still leading the league in yards per drive. Isn't that crazy? I mean, they are moving. What the ball. about the last couple games? They've they moved the ball pretty well against the Patriots. I mean, they had more yards per play against the Patriots than the Patriots did. It's crazy how poor they are in the red zone and being able to finish out their drives. But part of it is because they're not getting any drives because their defense can't get off the field, and that's the most disappointing thing to me. I expected this defense to kind of help push up this team. We expected the offense to come back to the pack. I expected the defense to mitigate that, and instead they're worse. I mean, this is on Dan Quinn. These are his players, his style of play. The Patriots kind of just ran them over. They were like, hey, stop us. We're going we're gonna to test your manhood. Stop you know, stop us against run. Where's Don Terry Poe? Where's Tack McKinley? Where, where are these guys? There's all that, and then also on offense, like the big plays from last season have dried up. I mean, statistically, yeah. they have completely dried up, and I don't know if that's a Kyle Shanahan thing or if it's Matt Ryan kind of regressing back to Matt Ryan world versus last year's MVP incarnation of Matt Ryan. It's the people around him, but it's not clicking. It is weird, though, year. because like, is Matt Ryan really that much different of a player he last year? Or is, he it doesn't just, look or is it just that everything last year was, was so perfectly made for him. He had open wide receivers. The scheme was great. No one was prepared. The schedule, a little bit of luck. Like, how could he be that different, Dan Hansis, um, at this a stage of his career? Because he was in a comfort zone with his coach and I, uh, his offense coordinator. Still thinks Sarkeesian might be coaching for his job these next couple of weeks. Hmm. They got to get something going. All Yards per drive and all that's good. They got to score points. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're just, you know, I thought that was a very disconcerting effort against the Falcons. Uh, Mark, you do have the Falcons winning this game? I have the Falcons winning. Oh. No, you know what? I had the Jets winning this game. I mean, it's not on paper anywhere, but I'm, it's 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 audibly just been spoken. Will they need a, um, you, know, you know, come back to get it done? No. Okay. Okay, just check. Moving on, these San Francisco 49ers are winless. 0-7, um, that cute narrative. It wasn't even narrative. It was reality. They were losing every game by two or three points. That ended uh, in a big way with a 30-point home loss to the Cowboys. And guess what? Your reward for that is you go back on the road and you take on the NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles, who could not be playing, Mark, with more confidence after what they did uh, to Washington on Monday night. Well, and from the flip side, your reward if you're the Eagles for winning – 
perhaps the most memorable game of the year, a game in which your quarterback suddenly is national. He's a national talking point. He's been crowned essentially as like the greatest young quarterback we have right now, an MVP candidate. Your reward is to stay home for six days and deal with the Niners. My, what I want to see, and I'm not sure we're going to see it against this Niners defense, is the Jason Peters factor, that you don't have him anymore. That, to me, is no different than if the Browns were good and they lost Joe Thomas, how quickly it changes your offense. When you lose one of these premier left tackles, there's only two or three or four of them in the league, everything can change. I don't know if it's going to matter this week, but it's a huge loss for the Eagles. It's not going to matter this week. This 49ers defense is, is pretty dreadful. This this team's dreadful. I mean, I know I think it will I know they've been, down the stretch. I know they've been playing competitively and that's great and that's coaching and but I don't think there's any one aspect of this team that's above average. I think it, they should have a running game like some and sometimes they do, but that's about it. Like Kyle Shanahan is we're seeing the limit. I think he's a great offensive coach, but we're seeing the limitations of how much a coach can do. I think that's fair and I think that one guy we didn't get a chance to talk about on Tuesday that we should for the Eagles is Zach Ertz. And the chemistry uh, that Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz have is one of those things where if these guys stay together and stay on the field together, Ertz can end up being one of those guys that's like way up, like Jason Witten, those guys that hang around together and end up just getting stats year after year after year because they have such a great connection, clearly, and he's a legitimate playmaker that was worth his draft standing, and that's that gives them another big-time star because he's broken out this year. Well, I know, I know people in Philadelphia disdain Chip Kelly and, and potentially with good reason. But Chip Kelly drafted Zach Ertz, and he loved him coming out of college. And it took a while for Zach Ertz to become what he is now. But he is a he is the centerpiece of that he's, passing game. He's the mid. If you're doing a midseason All Pro team, and I believe our friend uh, Chris Wessling is doing one for Christoff.com. I got to imagine Chris is debating it's either Gronk or Ertz as your first team tight end. Even that nice, the, the nice fact that that's there. the fact that Gronk has mostly stayed on the field and has continued to be a major yeah. threat. Um, uh, and the Patriots offense, and you're talking Ertz in that category, tells you a lot. Got to talk to Wesley about uh, Seth DeVal being a close third. Right. For all I know, <laughs> Seth, you know, Chris, who has his, you know, has strong opinions, might totally disagree with uh, with what I'm saying. I don't know. Okay. Maybe he's into Logan Thomas. We'll touch ba- base with Wes uh, <laughs> down the road on this topic. Uh, moving on, the Carolina Panthers, um, who. Let's be honest. This room, we were flying high on the Panthers a couple weeks ago when they were four and one, and we were talking about them about a potential top seed in the NFC. Uh, Well, then they got beat by the Eagles, and then they got creamed somehow by the the Bears. Well, not creamed, but they just played terribly. Um, And now uh, they travel to Tampa uh, to face another team in the Bucks that is scuffling. Greg, these are two teams that have been, um, especially the Bucks, kind of disappointing on balance, and the Panthers of late have been very disappointing. This is. Just the matchup that the Carolina Panthers needed to jumpstart their offense because I don't think there's a defense in the NFL that is more lost than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, giving up 425-plus yards to the Bills, giving up 38 points, and just receivers running wide open against Arizona. I still think the Panthers have the guts of a team that should be much better. They're negative eight right now on turnovers. That's a big reason why they're four and three. They, they like against the Bears. They're move. They were moving the ball. Their defense is playing well. I'm not that worried about the Panthers. I'm a little more worried about you know, 
Cam Newton's relationship with the media and you know whatnot, but it's, it's overall yeah, I think that, it's a constant distraction. I'm I, not actually worried about that. I don't know why I said that. I quite enjoyed um, Chris Wessling's uh, tweet uh, mocking Cam after he walked off that press conference, and that wasn't a big deal. But again, it's like, dude, get it together. And then the the team covering for him, saying it was some type of miscommunication. Cam had thought that he had fulfilled his media obligation, yeah, by walking off in mid sense. Show some accountability. Like, don't don't cover for the guy because it just makes everybody look bad. It's it's just it it seems like it's every week with him, and it and yet you know a couple weeks ago the controversy seemed to sort of fuel Cam Newton. This time around, I mean, we're coming off a game, a disgraceful offensive performance where they're shut out in the second half against Chicago. Nothing happening at all with this team. And I, 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 this, Cam Newton has more turnovers right now, well, more than every quarterback in the league than Deshaun Kaiser. Huh. I, th- I know he's making some plays, but it's like you, you, this team to me is, is, is there's something out of whack here. But I, I think it all stems from the running game that it's way too many third and tens. Remember the whole, like, Cam Newton's not going to run the ball that much? You know, oh, forget whole, that. That whole idea. He's their leading rusher last two weeks. Right. When they need a first down, when they were on the goal line, it's like, let's go to let's go to Cam. Every single series, it seems like there's a third and 12 in, mixed in there because Jonathan Stewart or McCaffrey loses four yards on first and 10, and it's just like, that's not how this team is set up, and they lost Trey Turner. I mean, They did not. It's worrisome. I know Christian McCaffrey has shown flashes, um, especially as a receiver, or solely as a receiver, and that's the problem here. They did not draft him as a first-round pick to just be a guy that's a safety valve and a guy that they could put in the slot and make some plays in the receiving game. They, I think they were expecting more from him as a runner, and that's played into the problem. That may there. take time, but it's like I, I feel like it's a pa- it's a passing game that is so reliant in sections of games on just dumping off screen passes yeah. to McCaffrey. And it's like, what team goes out and says, that's our goal? That, you know, this is a big game. I mean, these are two teams that had very high expectations coming into the season. The Bucks cannot go to two and five with, with a ho- another home loss in the division. I, I, it's an intriguing game. If nothing else, Tampa should feel good. It got a little, you know, missed last week that that offense that we kind of were expecting to see for a month, it was there in Buffalo. I mean, they went up and down in the field on a Bills defense we've given a lot of credit to. So big, you got to win this game, Bucks. Go win a game. Go win a game. Uh, Who do we like in this game? I'm going to throw pick it this around. One? I'm going to throw it around. Uh, Mark, you start. I'm thinking. <laughs> All right. Because right. uh, it's a toss-up. start. Me. Yeah, it's a toss-up. I'm going to go Panthers. I'm going to go Carolina on the road. Really put a hurting into old Dirk Cutter. Yeah, I don't know if I like what's going on in Tampa uh, with the coaching and everything. That that seems to be maybe turning sour that season. I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Mike Smith defense never in ten years finished higher than twelfth. I just hope Mike Smith's okay. I don't. I've never well, seen a bigger personality transformation than Mike Smith on Hard Knocks as the coach of the Falcons to Mike Smith as the defensive coordinator of the Bucks. Where basically he was just like it was like a geyser ready to blow at all times. I <laughs> can't be going well considering the state of the season. I was thinking maybe that was like a game day thing that when once the game starts, the he, he's though. almost like a totally different human. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, let's move on. The Houston Texans. I was a little Oprah. Houston Texans. Very Oprah esque. They, uh, they just. You get a franchise quarterback, and you okay? Okay. <laughs> See, I was going to do something like that, but then I said, "Well, that would be bad. I'm not yeah, going to do." Yeah, but why not? Just you do did it. it, and that's cool, though, because I like that you embraced your silly side, Greg. 
Well, I'm glad that, doing it, that you followed that up by totally burying it. <laughs> Sandbag you. I'm, I'm, I apologize. Well-oiled machine. That was bad. Anyway, the, the Texans, they're coming out of their bye. They got to be feeling fresh. Uh, but guess what? They got a tough assignment because they're going to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And um, Deshaun Watson, um, Mark Sessler, has been so good uh, this season. And he's the only reason why there's hope in Houston, despite uh, after the losses of J.J. Watt and um, uh, Whitney Merciless. But this seems like a tough assignment for the kid. Yeah, I mean, they've they've got 30-plus points in four straight games, which is a franchise record, not surprising for people that have watched the Texans over the years. And it's all because of him and, and what he's meant for them. And I look at a Seahawks team, yes, they are the number one scoring defense, and that's not an unusual narrative, but three of their four wins have come against the Colts, Niners, and Giants. So if you can't handle your business at home, we talk about the Titans this way. We're, every team in the AFC South, basically, is constantly in this weekly thing. you got to prove to us that you're something more. Prove it more. to us. Every week it feels this way. Hey. I say this about Seattle. Prove it. If the, the Seahawks <laughs> of Check three, you in every team in the league is 500. That's true, never, but the Seahawks of three anything. years ago, no matter what was coming in, uh, they would have taken them down. Hey. Easy. Hey, you want to be a team that's taken seriously? I think this is you're doing your damn Dave Damashek's impression of you right now. Prove it. Hey, <laughs> prove it to us. This is a Dan. Like this a is guy. a Dan thing, though. <laughs> I like prove a guy. <laughs> prove that might a be guy. Me. <laughs> must win guy. It's a must win. I like it. I like it. Like must wins, but I really like. Hey, prove it. <laughs> I liked what I saw. A gentleman with an IQ of 12, maybe. <laughs> I liked what I saw out of the Seahawks. I know it was the Giants. And so, yes, you expect them. To yes, yes, the yes. And they did. Mm, yes. But sometimes, Mark, even when you're playing a bad opponent. Prove it. <laughs> why, why even bother? Good luck trying to get your point out today. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, and you're trying to prove it. I don't know. Dan Dan did not get his soda today, his diet Pepsi or whatever it is he drinks, and he's, you're upset. Oh, that's sweet that you know what I drink. That is adorable, actually. Go on. Yeah, a lot of Go times at the huddle, it's, he, will, he will ask the woman to go get him ice, I believe. Yeah, that, that was that a right? strange thing for three straight years. Hey, can you go in the back and get me ice? They used to not have the ice. And then Which once, they should. Once they put the ice outside, speaking of sandbagging, um, I have <laughs> sandbagging since the Seahawks fans gotten that want to hear about their ice games. every single time. Uh, every single time. Every they time. They should have made ice accessible. While I while I quietly assassinate you, I also lift you up. <laughs> you don't you don't think that I get my own ice? Prove it. I, I certainly do at this point. Okay. This Seattle Seahawks team came out of the bye looking a little different. First of all, when was the last time you could remember the Seattle Seahawks? being healthy like oh wow there's a healthy team the Seahawks Richardson's there Lockett's there Rawls and Lacey they're not playing that great and Procise but they're all there it's a healthy looking team we always pick on them for not you know just relying on Russell Wilson to make some magic well they move the ball up and down the field on the Giants with plays from the pocket you know on time, some nice touch throws. It was mm. the best their offense has looked all season. I thought Russell Wilson has played well. It was the type of performance from their defense that you expected to see. I felt like this team reset a little bit in the bye week, and now they get a matchup. You think this is a tough matchup against Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Deshaun Watson gives up a couple throws every game that there's a chance 
for the other defense to make a play on, and other defenses have not been making plays. I think he's gotten a little bit lucky, and that luck ends when you go up to Seattle. Hello. That's why I'm locking it up. Hello. Nice luck. I'm a little concerned, Greg, because you're talking about how healthy they are. I, uh, last I heard, Luke Jokel's not playing at left guard. Wow. And you know, there goes, Justin there Britt the at, Justin Britt, no, Justin Britt at center is not about to play. That's a trouble. He's and the one so good, you can laugh at it, but offense. this is already the worst offensive line in the league, and you're losing starters. And if you're a backup offensive lineman on the Seahawks, yikes. But he's been out, and their offensive line has been terrible. That's just like, that's what they are. Just, is they, terrible. They dealt with that for years. But so the, the defense, I feel like, is coming into its own. And that, that that's really why I wanted to lock this up, is I don't think this Redskin, this Texans team is getting out of the teens in scoring. I just don't think they're going to score I, on the Seahawks. Uh, to your point, and I wrote about this in the um, High Flying Adventures in the research notes uh, for this week. Check it out on the end around. Uh, Steve Palazzo of Pro Football Focus did a piece where he broke down um, why, why hey, Stevie P. Uh, Deshaun Watson in the midst of this great season is like a middling to below quarterback in their ratings. And a lot of that was pegged on his first start, which was very bad, like off the charts bad by their grading system. Yeah, but, the first week, even just when he came in at halftime. But uh, a closer study of the uh, of the tape, uh, Palazzo and I guess the entire PFF team saw that he's missed a lot of open receivers. Uh, he's had a lot of, quote, turnover-worthy plays that he hasn't gotten that's burned what I, on. That's what I see. And Texans receivers have only dropped two passes all season when uh, Watson's been he's playing. He's great. So, I mean, it's a first-year quarterback. That's fine. But no, we're not saying he's not great. His numbers speak to a guy who's playing at an MVP level, and he's been great. But he had. I think he's. There's due for a correction. You would agree. Half at the league some would. Point. Half the league would take him right now. I came. Very Absolutely. Half. No, one, no one's arguing that. I'm half. saying if oh if he's if he's just this average guy that's throwing up interceptions that aren't getting taken down by the defense. Are you subtweeting Steve Palazzo? No, not at all. But it's like this guy. <laughs> I would not do that. This guy's like six years, six games Palazzo's into his career. Hey. hey. You don't mess with me. I'm I, the Palazzo. But I, I do this think it's nothing to do with. Palazzo. I think it's. I think it's fair to say that. That <laughs> Mark Sessler takes on PFF. Yeah. Right. Comma, Palazzo. When, when, we t- when we actually had PFF on our show, I could not have been a kinder. Well, the marriage went sour. <clears throat> like, Breaking like, if news. If you want to rank how rough people were on PFF, I was easily the kindest to them. Give me a break on this. Breaking news, Lindsay. We have a media war. <laughs> Sessler v. PFF. Please. Collinsworth, go hide under your table. I don't even check Twitter at this point until Sunday, so if you want to get into it with me at that point, we can get into it. Moving on, the Cowboys. Oh, Dwayne Brown is, is uh, holdout finally ended. Oh, class oh, yeah, act. We forgot. Oh, class <laughs> act. That's a big. That's that's huge. They have one well, of the worst offensive lines in the league. Well, you, if he's going to play, or is he going to play well? He's been in mothballs for months. Great, be great teammate. I should he's also be better than what they have. I like where you're coming from on this. I'm tired. Not of a this. good look for Dwayne Brown. Let's be honest. Huge for Houston, but this guy's let his team down the entire season, and he only. Rep- Let's be honest. It's a business decision, but because his contract would have told uh, if he if he didn't report this week, and we should have said it, so we're going to say it unless one of you guys did say it, in which case I apologize for not paying attention. Again, Luke Keekley could be playing for the Panthers on Sunday. That's that, fresh information. Good that would be you. a big deal. So track that. He's coming back from another concussion. Moving on, uh, the Cowboys uh, are traveling to Washington to face the Redskins, and uh, this is a game, Greg. Um, between the Cowboys team that looked really good, a lot more like the Cowboys team from last year, uh, last week, and the Redskins, eh, not so hot against the Eagles on Monday night. The Redskins' defense 
I feel like has been an overachieving group and maybe that's starting to fall apart a little bit because of injuries. Maybe they get Josh Norman back, but they got creative last week at points early in that game, having Preston Smith, Jr. Gallette and Ryan Kerrigan all together at the same time. And Jim Tom Sewell is doing a great job. Yeah, Jimmy. Defensive line. But ultimately, I don't think they're that talented. They're just there. And they're now going up against one of the best offenses in the league in the Dallas Cowboys who are rolling. I I think that that week off, I don't know, it might have helped Zeke. I mean, people were saying like, hey, Zeke, hey, here he is. He's been fine the whole time. No, he's running better now than, than he was at the beginning of the season. He admitted that he came into his rookie season uh, essentially out of shape and worked himself into shape. I think the same thing kind of happened this year. Yeah, I think la- the game, it was San Francisco, and we've already you know taken their defense to town. But last week's performance by Zeke Elliott was clearly the best game of this season and maybe a top two or three performance I've ever seen from him. The 72-yard touchdown reception where he basically caught it and galloped down the sideline. Only a few players can do what he did. And Dak Prescott, by the way, I think he looks as good as he's looked all season. The offense is, is extremely dangerous right now. Speaking of QB index, number yeah. six on the old QB index. Six. Dak Prescott's playing great. Is that the highest he's been? This season, yeah. Who's nice. 31? 32. You don't want to know, but depends on the week, you know. Not, you know. It depends who's starting. Like Drew Stanton has to be in the mix starting next week, so it gets confusing. Mm. What do you do with the Browns? Is it just the Browns' helmet? Kaiser. <laughs> Kaiser. The first two quarters of Kaiser. Greg, you've beat the drum on this, but I'll just mention it because there was a nice nug in the uh, research notes. Uh, how important Sean Lee is to the Cowboys, and uh, in uh, the two losses that he missed, they uh, averaged 35 points per game and 164 yards rushing yards allowed a game. Uh, those numbers have themselves when Lee's involved, so he's such a huge part of it. And I guess that's part of the. The overall fear that you should have if you're a Cowboys fan, because your most important defensive player is also also possibly your most injury-prone player, and your most important offensive player <laughs> continues to have a six-game suspension dangling over his head like an anvil. Next week's the week. I mean, this could be his last game for, for a long time. We think next week's the week. And, <laughs> yeah, we'll out. see. And I will say, because I, I love the way the Cowboys look and because – I'm not so hot on the Redskins. And because I believe that the Uh-oh. Cowboys understand that they Ooh. need to make hay when they're uh, all together like this. Uh-oh. You know what I'm doing. This oh, one's no. for you, Poppy. NFC East style. Lock it up. Poppy. <laughs> That's for you, Poppy. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think Kirk Cousins is just about the only Redskins offensive player playing well right now. Um, and while we're here, Greg, I just want to go over the lock standings for the season. Mm. Um, you do have some ground to make up. Um, so far this season, and I'll just stick with the three of us because Wes has only been able to do two games this year. Um, the old Zeuser, first place, five and two. Having a nice season. You are getting on me a little bit that I was m- mediocre. Five and two is nice. little disrespectful <laughs> by Greg. I guess I wasn't really keeping track. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should. <laughs> Mark, three and four. Three and four. Workmanlike. Yeah, second place, no, Greg. Three and five after three this Three and week. four is terrible. Five and two Wait is like minute. the expectation. Hold on. And two and five is even worse. <laughs> five and two is what we probably all averaged on last year. That's If it's a lock of the week, you better be way above 500. This is a lock. This is like the... If you're below 500, it's a total embarrassment. But yes, this... but it's it. we don't gauge the daring level of the right. picks. Listen, this is the gentleman's lock contest. It's a game where we respect each other and we make picks. Uh, we're not just going to pick against the... Niners everywhere. Well, I've locked the Jets anyway, and Browns this year. Greg is two and five for the season, and then all time standings. 
Um, Wes is ten and nine. Uh, Greg, third place, thirteen and eleven. So you weren't locking it up last year too well either. Let's be honest. What are you talking about? Do the math. So <laughs> I can. do it. Do it. All right, I will. I'll do it. Eleven. It's. I was then eleven and six, which is pretty much the exact same percentage as five and two. That's what I'm saying. Pretty solid. Thirteen and ten all time, Mark Sessler, which is second place, half game ahead of Greg. And uh, I'll take it. The old Zeuser once again. Old no nothing Zeuser, seventeen and nine. <laughs> Get your damn hands. The old idiot upstairs while the scientists are down in the basement. Hey, that's that's what you took on. That was your whole bit. Now you're turning your own bits against us. I'm weaponizing them. You got people trying to get down into the lab and disrupt enemies. Dan's up there punching them out. Drinking, Dan, Dan's like drinking vodka upstairs. Dan's the security yeah. guard smoking cigarettes at the door. Yeah, I'm the bouncer uh, upstairs. Okay, anyway, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Let's go to the Steelers uh, heading uh, to Detroit to face the Lions. Uh, Steelers starting to get saucy looking. I like the way they closed out that game uh, oh, yeah. against Cincinnati. They look like the best team in the AFC North, and it wasn't close. And, and now uh, you got the Lions who, you know, they didn't show up in their game before the bye. They get a chance to get healthy here during the bye mark. But let us not forget the 50-burger 50 burger dropped in them uh, the week before. Yeah, I think it's easy when these teams go on by to for, kind of forget what happened the week before. And that was a game where Matthew Stafford strip sack for a touchdown, strip sack a second time, 12 passes batted down, running for his life all over the place. And now you're going up against the Steelers defense. And every week, Ryan Shazier is showing up. How about against the Bengals? Mike Hilton laying a hit on players. TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, they've got guys all over the place. And everyone, every week, it's Martavis Bryant itching about his role and Antonio Brown. They want like, the ball. Yeah, I mean, give me a break. It's always the Steelers off. It's the Steelers' defense that makes them a different team than in years past and a true threat in the AFC. Right. They haven't needed Ben Roethlisberger to play that well. I think he's coming off his best game of the season. But before that, he's just been kind of workmanlike. Whereas the Lions, you expected that this was going to be an offense first team. I just feel like that's where their money is. That's what you expect. And then when you look at the numbers, I mean, they are one of the worst offenses in the league. They feel broken. Consistently gaining yards. I don't think they're that far away. Like, their running game is a little better than it was a year ago. Stafford has some players to throw to. I think they have a chance to get better. Um, We've been talking about Le'Veon Bell's workload. Um, I looked it up earlier today, and he is on pace for 461 touches. That would place him second all time if this usage rate continued. The only the only guy that's ahead of him would be poor James Wilder, which I wish Wes was here. He'd oh, be from able the to Bucks. A nice breakdown of his career in the eighty-four bucks. He had four hundred and ninety-two uh touches. That feels like it should have been a criminal charge against the man. That offense had nothing. Um and remember the last time we heard this this idea that uh, you know, the football cognoscenti wondering if a running back was being maxed out in a nefarious way. DeMarco Murray, back in 2014, he ended up with 449 touches for that Cowboys team. So they're using him and it hurt him even and more it- than uh, DeMarco Murray, and, and it makes you wonder what their long-term plans are. For well, Mr. and then Bell. through the air. Why did he draft James Conner if you can't give him five, six carries a game? Couldn't agree more. I mean, he's also looked, he's looked better than ever. So there's that, but, it, but it's also October. You need to be fresh. They they didn't have him. He went out in the what the first quarter of the AFC Championship game last year. 
first half. They didn't have him in the playoffs a couple times before that. You've got to maximize like your roster heading towards January. You, not- you know what I don't want to say? As a football fan, well, I'm a Patriots hater too, but as a football fan, I don't want to see Le'Veon Bell going out of the first half of the AFC title game with a hamstring injury or or a bulky knee that uh, it acts up on him uh, during a first quarter run. And and then he'll be like, oh, just bad luck again in January. But no, it's like this idea. You did get J- James Conner in the draft. You love him. You love his ability. Work them together because it might help you in the long run. Even if he's winning you games right now, you got to look big picture. I mean, what about Antonio Brown, the way that he's being used in the passing game? It's right. like they had these two-star players and – it's very imbalanced. It's, it's, it seems like it's such a top-heavy offense. Martavis Bryant officially will be inactive for this game. Not a, Woof. Not a huge loss for them, and we'll see if it's this final uh, week in a Steelers uniform. Trade despite, deadline despite Tuesday. Despite what Mike Tomlin said publicly, I, I think they would be willing to listen to if anyone came calling for Martavis Bryant. I love that Cowboys fit. It just feels like a Cowboys move. Yeah, I could see it. Moving on, finally, the so that was the Sunday night game. The Monday night football game, the Denver Broncos, um, who got shut out and just looked, you know, pitiful now for two weeks in a row, uh, shut out by the Chargers last week on the road. Now they have to head to Kansas City. And I'll tell you what, Greg, the Chiefs, they have major problems. I don't think they could really stop a good team um, or a desperate team uh, like we saw with Oakland last week on defense when it really comes down to it. I think that could maybe haunt them if they don't figure something out. But right now, the here and now, they're angry after last week. They're 5-2. and two. I think this is a terrible recipe for Denver to get back on track. Do you agree or disagree? Winning in Kansas City, a team that's just played much better than them, yeah, is a terrible matchup in a week where you're already struggling. The strengths of both teams match up against each other, though. I mean, the Chiefs... In football, outsiders have the number one offense in football right now, and that makes sense to me. And But they're going up against a very good Broncos defense who's really been at the level we expected. They, they have nothing to do with these last two losses. I mean, they gave up 14 points to the Chargers on like 15 drives. They gave up 13 points to the, the Giants. I'm talking about just to the offenses. And you, the Chiefs defense, though, is 25 and sinking. 25th in the league and sinking in football. It's not a good defense. So if you can't put up some points against Kansas City, you're not going to do it against anyone. I think they've had injuries, and this is the only top five defense that the Chiefs will face outside of Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, we saw what happened there. Pittsburgh, by the way, top five in offense and defense in football outsiders. Easily the number one team in the NFL right now. How about that? Really? Saucy. This is a big, big week, though, Greg. I know that's, that's off topic. A big and important game for the Broncos who are trying to get their season back on track. Speaking of on track, you need the Team Trev Express. Needs to get back. To, to chug along upon those tracks. We don't want another derailment three weeks in a row. Team Trev. Oh, great. That feels like a tragedy. I mean, it, it feels Many like... Fatalities. It feels like he's just being asked to make plays throwing on the run that he's just not going to make that they don't they haven't had a running game at all the last two weeks when they try to you know get those cheap screen yards that Alex Smith gets or a lot of 
quarterbacks get. It's like that doesn't happen for the Broncos. It's been it's been tough to watch the last few weeks, and he's been a huge part of it. He's he's owned up to that. Yeah, I mean, only Kaiser and Flacco have a worse QB rating than Simeon since week three. And after this game, you have to go into Philadelphia, then play the Patriots if you're the Broncos. Season on the brink. They've had a million. It's it's not like they've been playing the 85 Bears the last couple of weeks either. They played the Chargers and the Giants who have been Okay. That giant loss may, okay. might have sapped them with their uh, They combined mojo. 10 points against the Giants and Chargers. All right. It's wild. He, he And Simeon's tough. He took two of the biggest hits I've ever seen a quarterback take in my life in that game against uh, the Chargers. Got right back up, and I don't know. There's only so many hits I feel like he could take. How about you call up tape a Super Bowl 25? Jeff Hostetler back in his own end zone. <laughs> Bruce Smith blows around the blind side, wallops him. He holds on to the ball. Giants win 2019. A game where he thought that he had essentially broken a bone early on and came back to win. It's a big game for the Chiefs, by the way. Big game. They, they Very can't big lose. game. I'm just saying. You didn't like my Hostetler? I, I liked it. it. I liked it. I'm just saying. You remember Jeff Hostetler's Chiefs Raiders run? He was nice. He was a nice player on the Raiders. Yeah. Nice career for Jeff Hostetler. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of those quarterbacks with a mustache from wire to wire. Mm. Mm. Very sexy. Mustachioed. NFL pick him once again. Saturday's. 8 a.m., 3 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern. Sundays at 6 a.m. Eastern. Check out the Around the NFL subreddit. And again, please rate and subscribe of the Around the NFL podcast. And one last note, we are working on the Spotify situation. Everybody getting upset. I got a feeling, though, the people that are coming at us on Twitter and are annoyed, and I understand it, there are other ways to find the podcast so please don't don't give up on us, Dad. You probably aren't listening. Maybe. Well, that's the thing. If you're on, if you're looking for it on Spotify, you've probably not gotten this update. If, if you're grudgingly listening on some type of platform that you're not happy with, I checked in personally with the Shadowy League figures yesterday on email. We're trying to get this thing figured out, uh, and hopefully, at the end of the day, it will be. That's it. That's they the are, Spotify. They are update. they are moving at a methodical pace to, <laughs> to fix this problem. All right, let's go. Next time you hear from us, it will be the Sunday night flagship show. So uh, don't give us give up on us, Dad. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, uh, the boss, and Lindy Falta behind the glass till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.